you for um, providing for us. Thank you for the gift of life, for the gift of good health, and all the things that you have surrounded each and every one of us with. Lord, we commit this meeting into your hands. We ask that you take absolute control. We commit everything that's going to be said here, everything that's going to be discussed, every prayer that's going to be prayed, everything that's going to happen here. Commit it all, O God, into your hands. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you take absolute control. Lead us, guide us, direct us. Minister to each person here. According to your will, O God. And at the end, O God, let your name be glorified in all that we do here. Let each and every one of us um, not live here the same way we came. But we shall live with your goodness. We shall live um, with your blessings. We shall live with what you have in store for each person. All to your glory, O God. In Jesus' precious and marvelous name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Tito, you're welcome. Yeah, good evening, bro. Good evening. I just said. Ah, thank God, my brother. Okay. So today, today we the topic for today um, titled it "Free Indeed," and I said it was inspired by um, a word that um, a pastor in church preached and um, if God laid it in my heart to for us to discuss it and even discuss more on it here um, so I know I dropped um, and I usually drop um, topic and scriptures earlier in the week but um, usually I always want to be sure and confirm you know, what God will have us discuss um, so I know I dropped some scriptures Day. I don't know if anyone did we go through it yeah so we did that beautiful beautiful okay um, so we would um, we'll start off um, reading we we'll start off with John chapter 8 from verse 31 to 36. I think the way we we'll do it, probably take each one, one by one, because um, we'll start with John, then we move to Romans um, 6, then we'll move to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 12 to 18, and then the last one, um, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21. But in between, there will be Spirit leads, there'll be probably scriptures just to reference what, um, or just to buttress on points that are going to be made. So, our first reading does anyone want to read for us? John 8 31 to 36. Yes. Okay. okay, so John eight 
31 to 36. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciple indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I'm reading the NKJV. Okay. Inside him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, for a son abides forever. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. May the Lord bless His word in our hearts. Amen. 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 Okay. So, um, this, um, this scripture starts off with then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him. Prior to this, Jesus was speaking to the Jews and trying to, you know, defend his self-witness and to you know, minister to um, the Jews. But they were, um, they were, as Bible described them, they were stiff-necked people. Their hearts were hardened. And Jesus was trying to, you know, open their eyes to see the truth you know um he had just finished if we if you read um the previous verses you will see where he's um, you see his encounter with the jews you know question them questioning him and him trying to tell them you know, plainly who he, who he was but they just refused to believe they just refused to believe so this starts off, starts off, you know, the Jesus turned to the Jews who you know, believed him, who probably they had listened to him and, you know, they believed. And he says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, the first thing you will notice in this scripture is if this verse or this first two verses is the word if can you guys hear me can you hear me is my voice clear enough yes okay so the first yes. thing you notice is the word if which makes it like a conditional statement meaning like okay if whosoever falls into this category will enjoy the benefits of this category or whenever you decide to do this this is what will happen so it's a it's it's the conditional statement um it says if you abide in my word you are my disciples um another word you take note of here is abide abide what do you mean by abide? Um, abide, the Greek word means meno, which means to to continue, 
to dwell, to, uh, to, to stay, you know, like staying in a place, a state or a relation, to tarry, to wait, to endure, to remain. Um, whenever you see the word, oh, abide, it also relates to you, like living in a place. Um, I also got to um, find out like Hebrew words because these things and the English, sometimes the English language is really limited in terms of the meaning of some of these words. Um, I got a few Hebrew words. Hebrew word, shahan, which means to reside, to permanently settle down, to stay, to inhabit, to remain, to rest, to lay. Another word is yashav, to sit down, to dwell, to endure. So you can see it has to do with, if I want to give it a word, I can say to create a home in a place or in something. So it says, if you abide in my word, you can replace every word I just said. If you dwell in my word, if you continue in my word, King James, King James says continue. If you remain in my word, if you make if you create a home in my word, you are my disciple indeed. And you shall know the truth. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Um, emphasis on you shall know, know. So when you do this, when you abide in the word, when you make the word like your home, your resting place. Um, you know, when you go out, so many times when you go out, you're like, ah, man, I can't wait to get home. I miss my bed. Can't wait to just lie down my bed. There's a reason why when you went out, you did not, you did not end up in your neighbor's house. When you came back from work or from wherever you went to, you didn't come home and then entered your neighbor's house and mistook your neighbor's house for your house or for your home. You know, so it means you've for a place to be called your home, you've like created this bond, this connection, this deep. Does that make sense? Okay, yes. So, I'm just trying to because that's the main word there. If you abide, then this is what you are. First of all, you are my disciples, then, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Another word you can see then, the truth shall deliver you. Because the people who Jesus were talking to here, they were in bondage, but they did not know. You know, they, they were in bondage. You can only, the only one that you can make free is the one that is, you know, in bondage. And if we check their reply, you will just see it. So verse 33 says, then they answered him, we are Abraham's children or Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone how can you say you will be made free so again um, you see like a defensive uh, would I say defensive mechanism or this wall that they've put up and anytime anytime 
um, this kind of blindness is the one that has to do it's not physical it's the one that has to do with the mind with the heart and it's usually caused by a veil which you would see as we read other scriptures so Jesus now revealed something to them he said Jesus answered them most assuredly I say to you whoever commits sin is a slave of sin and a slave does not abide in the house forever but a son abides forever therefore if the son makes you free you shall be free indeed read it again you see most assuredly I say to you whoever commits sin is a slave to sin so first of all Jesus was trying to reveal to them their true their true um, their their states the state they were in they were slaves and what Jesus was trying to um, reveal to them that look in a, in a house setting the slave not a permanent resident of that house but a son is and he says that slave does not abide in the house forever which house is he talking about he's talking about the the house the family of god and what he was trying to reveal to them is this truth that i'm telling you this is my word that i'm telling you if you abide in you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free knowing this truth um, promotes you to a son. He was trying to make them free so that they can earn the title of children or sons, of course, so that they can be permanent, um, permanent um, residents of that house. That's why he said, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Does that, is that explanation um, clear? Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So, but again, there was a, there's, there's a veil for which we'll find out um, in the next um, reading. But before we go there, we'll go to um, Romans 6, 16 to 28. But before I go there, does anyone have anything they want to say or share before I quickly go there? Yes, Tony. Um, okay. So, when I was reading the Bible passage... Yeah. Um, like yeah, one of the things that stood out to me was the abide and when I checked the dictionary yeah. it meant acts like one of the meanings they gave it was acting in accordance and then the Holy Spirit brought to mind that act is an action word so abiding in God is not just Abiding in his word is not just about reading the word and mm-hmm. just doing the word, but actually acting it out. Then James 1 verse 21 to 25 was brought to mind, which 
and I would like that James one verse twenty one to twenty five was brought to my mm. foot. The old Tetons that six, and it reads that therefore lay aside all filthiness and mm. overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Now we see in John 8 verse 32 which talks mm. about after you abide in God's word you know mm. the truth and the truth will set you free. And this can also be seen in this verse 21 of James mm. 1 that uh, receiving the implanted word is able to save your soul. Yes. And then it continues the doers of the word and not here as only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, by doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what it does. So, basically, like what I want to say is that that abide is not just about, like James said, looking at the mirror and then forgetting who you are. It's mm-hmm. about continuing in it like you say it looks into the perfect love liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful era but a doer of the work this one will be blessed in what it does so then i'll talk about verse 36 as you were reading it i had an impression it so i'm trying to open the Bible passage. Mm, okay. Sorry. Yes. Verse 36. Verse 34 says that Jesus answered them. Most ash. Sorry. That word is vitamin. I said to you. Yeah, assuredly. Thanks. I said to you, whoever commits sin. Like now, the word that I want us to take note of is whoever, whoever, not like it's not saying Christian or somebody in the world or somebody in Christ, or now it's whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. So, as I was reading it, I like asked the Holy Spirit that. Can a son become a slave? And is it possible for a son to become a slave? And then it made me realize that a son that goes back to sin can become a slave to sin. And eventually the son will be kicked out of the house. Because and then as we are reading it. And my attention was brought to that whoever. So regardless of whether you son, if you go back to the life of committing sin, mm. the attempts that has to do with a slave of sin 
will apply to that person. And then I also remember seeing a something about slaves. Slaves are they were considered as a movable property. They are not like fixed. You can move them anywhere. So no permanent residence for a slave. So that is it. Thank mm. you. Wonderful. No, the spirit is one. The <laughs> James one you mentioned is part of the I call it side dish that was here. I was going to you know talk on but you 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 really spoke on it and um, um I love the fact that you mentioned um, that particular because it's linked to what we read especially um the whole of it 21 to 25 as you said um therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls in other words which is able to deliver which is able to deliver your soul what the implanted word in the heart of course we're meant to receive it with meekness that's what this other people John 8 did not have they refuse i mean if you read on you see how they kept arguing they kept arguing and you know Jesus was like why can't you hear my speech you know so just concluded that you are not of god but let's not go there um so receiving the word with meekness the implanted word from the heart which is able to deliver then like you said it now describes how this word practically how this word is able to deliver our souls which is not just having the word in our heart like you said it's not just reading it or but now reveals the secret in 22 which is be doers of the word and not just hearers deceiving yourselves for if anyone you know if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer like observing like a man observing his natural face in a mirror he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was but he who looks into the perfect law liberty see he who looks but he didn't stop there and continues it so they say remember the the the, the word abide in the last one king james to say if you continue in my word so here we see it again perfect law of liberty which can also be said the perfect word of freedom the perfect commandment of freedom and continues in it is not a and is not a forgetful here but a doer of the word this one will be blessed in what he does um so um if you now if we now go to Romans Romans chapter 6 Romans 6 from verse 16 to 23 Romans 6 16 to 
And he says, do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slave. You are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. So again, here we see Paul speaking. See, do you not know that to whom you present yourself to? So to present something to someone is, you can say to whom you give authority over yourself to. Because if I'm presenting something to somebody, I'm actually transferring ownership of that thing to the other person. You know, if I'm giving somebody a gift, first of all, it was mine. And then I say, okay, I bought this for you. Take. What I'm actually doing is, you know, take. I give you ownership of this. So he uses the word, to whom you present yourselves, slaves to obey. Again, obedience is key in establishing conviction for anything good or bad so if i obey the flesh i will obviously become entangled and a slave to the things of the flesh if i obey the spirit i will obviously become entangled and um, um, a slave to righteousness to the spirit which is what he's saying here to whom you obey or you give yourself slaves to. If it's to sin, it will lead to death. If it's of obedience, it will lead to righteousness. But he now says, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, referring to the past, assuming that you know the people he's referring to were already free from that, so he says, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Again, this this 17 you can is connected to the scripture we just read at the brought of James chapter 1, the verse 21. That place where he says, you you receive the word, the implanted word, you know, which is able to save your soul. The word can only be implanted in your heart. And now this one is saying, thank God that though you were slaves to sin, in other words, thank God though you were slaves to sin, yet you obeyed from the heart. That form of doctrine, doctrine, has to do with teachings, beliefs, so, and all these things. Um, obviously, talking about the Word of God, the, the, you know, the the teachings of Christ, because you obeyed it from your heart. It is this obedience you know, that saved you, that delivered you. That's what he's saying here, because you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Eighteen, and having been set free from sin. You became slaves of righteousness. 
I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Paul is saying here, um, having seen now that you have been set free from sin and have become um, slaves of righteousness. He now says, I'm speaking to you in this manner. I'm using this illustration to help you understand because of the weakness of your flesh. Basically, I have watered down my message. I've downgraded. You can not say downgraded, but I've watered down this message because of the human understanding to be able to really understand because for um, for someone's belief to be strong, there has to be conviction. Conviction comes when there is experience in that thing, and experience only comes when that when I do something. You know, um, I can't say I've experienced this thing if I have not done it. If you get so. He begins to use the the illustration of slavery to help um, these people understand what he's trying to say, understand the message he's trying to, you know, uh, convey. Because, of course, some form, one form or the other way, we've all been slaves, either slaves to sin before. So this, it was, it's like an illustration that... We 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 have um, we 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 know we know what it means to be um, to be um, to be enslaved by something and then set free from that thing. So he uses that. That's why he said, "I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh, because of the human mind, how limited." It is. So I have just the way Jesus will use parables to really to help us understand what the kingdom of God is like you will hear him say oh the kingdom of God is is like this it's like a man doing this doing this he just keeps using it's the same thing he's talking about but he's using different illustrations the kingdom of God is like you know a dragnet, you know, this one, that one, and they brought fishes and, you know, um, they sat down and removed the bad ones. Again, I say to you, the kingdom of God is like a man who so, so you see him using things that we're familiar with. That's just him um, watering the main thing down because of our human nature just for us to understand so that's what paul was doing here just trying to make them understand the same way you 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 were free from righteousness but slaves to sin now that you've been delivered from sin now you are meant to be slaves to righteousness because then before when you were when we were slaves to sin the end thereof was what? Death. 
or the end thereof is death. But this one, this slavery, which is unto righteousness, leads to holiness, leads to life. 24, when you were slaves of sin, okay, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you, what fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? So basically, okay, for the end of those things is death. So basically, like I said, when when you are free to do whatever you want, in in that person's thinking, they are free, but actually they are slaves. The 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 truth of this life is you will everyone is a slave to something. Um, you will just have to, if you choose not to be, if you consciously don't make that decision to choose who you will be a slave to. Other things will make that decision for you. So, in this um, context, he's telling you, present yourself. That's why I say, uh, I beseech you, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. It's, it's like of your own will to present it to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, meaning is the is the reasonable thing you can do because of what Christ has done for you. This is the least you can do. Just give yourself to God. When that doesn't happen, obviously, if you if one is not a slave to righteousness, consciously, unconsciously, the person is a slave to sin. There's no middle ground. Um, so. When we're slaves to sin, we are free from righteousness. At that point when you, 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 you did what you liked, we did what we liked, I did what I liked. Um, if I wanted to go here, I could go there. If I wanted to misbehave, I could misbehave. So in, in, in the eyes of the sinner, that is freedom. But actual sense is, is bondage bondage leading to death but now that you're in Christ you 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 your your orientation your mindset is now lord your will be done i give my will to you so you don't do as you like anymore you only do as you are led by the spirit of god so you are now you have now become willingly because god does not force anyone now become because you know the benefit. This one, this actual one, leads to life. And the things which you, the things which we did when we were slaves to sin, that we gloried in, are the things now in Christ. You can't do. You will be ashamed to do those things. That's what he's saying. What fruit? did you have then in the things of which you are you are now ashamed for the end of those things is death but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life 
the end of it is everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death. For the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. The wages of sin, that is the, the salary. That's another word you can put there. The salary of sin is death. So after working, 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 the salary that person will get is death. But this one, you can see, he didn't say the wages. He says the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. So does anyone, if I move to the next, no one has anything you want to share concerning this? So I'll just go to the next. Um, still linking everything we've read, I'm going to the next scripture, which is Second Corinthians chapter three. Second Corinthians three, from verse twelve to eighteen. That's the end. From verse twelve, and I read. It says, "Therefore, since we have such hope." We use great boldness of speech. So this hope, last week we spoke about glory, suffering. That was the title we gave it. And we talked about, even though suffering in Christ, um, our light affliction is, is, is but for a while, but is working in us in exceeding weight of glory though our um, outward appearance might be perishing but inward we are being renewed day by day and we saw that at the end of it all even though um, there might be trials there might be um, um, difficult times but these difficult times are there to to sharpen I can use that word to sharpen your faith to test your faith and bring and cause it to be truly genuine and authentic. For something to be authentic, you must have passed various tests so that when you come out, you are truly, truly, if, let's just say, if you are, um, if you say you have love, truly, truly, you have love. You're not, not just mouth because it has been tested. You know, you can come out each person here can come out and say, those who have, who are, who are finished uni, can come out and say, yes, I have a degree. Because you didn't get a degree from the supermarket. You didn't, you didn't get a degree from, you didn't get a degree from the shelf in a supermarket. You went to school, you went through it, you spent the four years. So when you come out, you know, um, you can say, yes, this is the degree because you went through it. That's what the testing trials and the testing of our faith produces. Produces patience, produces, you know, true gold, just as gold is tested, but it, it describes gold as, gold as something that is perishing. Our faith is more, 
much more precious than gold. And I'm just using this to uh, explain the hope. And the hope is um, that incorruptible um, inheritance that we get that is waiting, that the Bible says is waiting for us at the appearance of our Lord Jesus. That um, that reward that comes with him, which also will bring the complete salvation of our souls, as we said last week, that right now he will describe our salvation as we, we are being saved, the complete full, the complete package of it is at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus says, he who endures to the end shall be saved, which dispels that once saved, always saved, you know, uh, doctrine. So this is the hope. Therefore, since we have this hope, we use great boldness of speech. We speak the truth with boldness. He now reveals something. He says, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. What was passing away? The old covenant. So when Moses climbed the mountain to be with God and to spend time with God, and um, when he came down, his face shone. His face was bright. He couldn't look at his face. And, you know, but after a while, you know, he covered his face. It was this scripture that revealed this. Covered his face. He, he put a veil over his face, you know, so that the children of Israel could not see that that glow was, that light was dimming. It was, it was fading away. All that represents the old covenant. That's what the old covenant was fading away. It, it, it's glory. It's a glory that does not increase over time. It decreases over because it's not the real thing. The real thing was, the real one was coming. Who is Christ bringing the new covenant with his blood? The, 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 the covenant of bulls and sheep and sacrifice. You know, they were not able to save. Then, as one of the scriptures that David revealed, oh, where he said, you cover, so cover my sin. He didn't say, my sins have been washed or cleansed. Say cover. So then, the only thing, those that's why they were, they needed to do it every year or every time. They were not able to save the blood of bulls and cows and goats and, you know, but the true sacrifice, the 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 the, the eternal sacrifice, um, the eternal um, lamb or the lamb of God, who is Christ, came and gave Himself once, once and for all, and that, you know, um, gave us the new covenant. So it's the covenant of the blood of Jesus. So this. Thing that's um, described here explains the old covenant, how it was passing away. This is unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds are blinded, not their eyes, their minds are blinded for until this day 
the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taking away Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, that is when the law is read, when the Old Testament is read, Moses represents the law. The Bible says the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And we know that the law was not able to save. The law was, was important because the law revealed, it was the law that revealed that there is sin. But when there's no law, sin is not present. But the law revealed that there is sin. But he was not able to save. But he was there, it was present so that we will know. Because the absence of a law when there's no law in the state, then I can kill and nobody can hold me hold me to that because there's no law. So God had to bring law to reveal that um, there is sin. And then, of course, but the law could not save. This is why Jesus came to shed his blood. So, Moses represents the law and it says, even to this day, when the law is read, a veil lies <clears throat> over their hearts. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, that word veil, um, from the Greek word kaluma, which means to cover, a covering. You cover something, you veil it. Metaphorically, it means of that which prevents a thing from being understood. When you can't really see a thing, there's confusion. You are like, okay, if something is covered, what's inside this thing? You're like wondering. So you're not, not sure. Meaning you can't really understand that thing because you, it's veiled. So that's what this means. It's like a covering. But it now says the veil is taken away when one turns to the Lord. Again, that word turn there the root meaning is repent. The root meaning there is when one repents. Um, the Greek word is epistrefo. I hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> epistrefo, which means to revert, to turn, to return, to turn again, to be converted, to bring back. Another word is metanoia. Metanoia to reconsider, to think differently afterwards, to repent, to change one's mind. That's what repentance means, to change one's mind, to change direction. You were going in a certain direction before, and then you decided, oh, this is not the way. I have to turn back. There has to be an, an act, an action. It's not just in the mind. You see that in the prodigal son. Bible says that when he came to his senses, he said to himself, Oh, in my father's house, there are many there are slaves, and they, and they have enough food to eat, even to give. And here I am, suffering. I will go to my father and tell him this, that, Oh, I have sinned against you. I have sinned against heaven first, and I have sinned against you. Now, all this he was saying to himself, that this is what he will do. That alone, is you can tell me that's remorse, but
but it's not repentance. No, repentance is now called repentance when that person now decides to act on that which they have decided to do. So when he stood up and changed direction, then it became um, repentance. But while he was still contemplating and saying, <laughs> while he was still contemplating and saying, um, oh, this is what I would do, that alone is not repentance. That might be remorse. But repentance is to actually act on that which you have said. So he says, when one turns to the Lord, and repentance is always to God, not because this thing is affecting you. Yes, it might be affecting you, but true repentance is always toward God. Um, so this is when that veil is lifted. And that's what, I will link it back to John 8. That's what Jesus was trying to do to the Jews. He was trying to remove that veil by telling them, look, if you abide in my word, if you dwell in my word, yeah, if you dwell in my word, if you if you do this, you become my disciples. Then when you become my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It will deliver you. It will remove that veil. You know. But of course, they were, they, 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 their hearts were hardened and it's that view. And of course, we see in um, James, as James says, receiving the word with meekness. So there has to be some form of humility. Bible says, um, humble yourself. Um, how does it say? Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up, right? Or he will exalt you. Lift you up. Yes. So there has to be some form of humility, which the, those Jews did not have. Everything Jesus said was, ah, we are not born of fornication. We are Abraham's children. They had this pride. And you can never be set free like that. Um, so, again, this scripture, um, 16, 16, nevertheless, okay, I read that, 17. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom, there is emancipation from bondage. Um, okay, a towing dropped the scripture and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the... T- uh-huh. That was like a physical um, manifestation of what happened the spirit what he did Avi was torn and um, were able to personally were not able to enter the holy of holies didn't need any priest jesus now um, has become our one and only high priest the high priest is one that um like a mediator between um god and man and before that was the road the high priests used to play. But of course, everything in the Old Testament is only a shadow of the true of Christ. Christ was the fulfillment of everything. He was he was the bulls and the goats and everything that was sacrificed were all representation of 
what Christ was coming to do, the true love of God. All the things the high priests were doing, being mediator between God, is all what presentation of what Christ, the true high priest. So he was the fulfillment of the whole. That's why when we yield to him, yield to the Spirit of God, we 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 fulfill the law. You know, um, and um, here it reveals to us that the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. When, when, when Christ, when we make Jesus the Lord of our life, because the Holy Spirit comes in. And Jesus said that the ministry of the Holy Spirit, that he will not speak of himself. He will speak of that which we will hear from him. So whenever the Holy Spirit speaks to us or reveals us, you know, what who we are actually hearing is Christ because of course they are one Father, Son, Holy Spirit they are one and whenever we hear Christ just know it's the Father that is speaking so you see that we are in full agreement so when the Holy Spirit speaks you can as well say oh Christ spoke to me you can as well say oh the Father spoke to me you can as well just put it oh God spoke to me and it's now revealing that the Lord is the Spirit and we're the Spirit of the Lord. Because Jesus said to his disciples, it is to your advantage that I go. If I don't go, the, 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 the helper would not come. And the ministry of the helper was to make this work um, the ministry um, or the expanse of the kingdom of God because while Jesus was here in the flesh he was a bit limited he could not be everywhere at the same time but when the Holy Spirit came even while we're here you know having this meeting he's ministering to each person in different ways it's also some people in some place in Argentina or France or anywhere, they might be holding another meeting and he's there, you know. So this is the job of the Holy Spirit. I, I call him Jesus personified. And the last verse, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of God as in a mirror are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So before I go to the last um, passage, which now describes, okay, now that we're free, what are we supposed to do? Just to summarize, so we're made free in Christ, and Christ now reveals when we abide in his word. And as we also established that that abide is like when we live in his word, when we dwell in his word, when we make his word our home. It's not just reading, it's not just studying it, but going forward to do it as James 1 described. We are meant to be doers and not just hearers. So it is this, and he now puts the word 
if you continue in it so there has to be a uh, 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 it has to be constant it has to be continuous um, you agree with me that when you doing something once does not bring conviction when you when you do something once it cannot really change your effect it's something that you do repeatedly repeatedly that has the power to transform you good or bad you know anything i become whatever i do repeatedly so in the bad side if i lie once you know time i not of course in that point can be called a liar but if it's just once i can't really attain that title of a liar but i can it, it it will be said that you lied but when you now when you now become the habit you continually do it then what you are doing in the spirit is you are inviting that spirit of that lying spirit and when it comes upon that person you know that is when the person now becomes a slave to that thing so you see is that in the physical is that you know continuous and repeat that repetition that um brings conviction for a thing or of a thing the same way in the good side when i give myself that place jesus said whoever commits sin the that word commit is like a commitment when you say i have a commitment so it's like a this strong bond relationship and you know bonds are not are not um, created overnight bonds are not created overnight so it takes time and you know repetition that thing has to keep happening then a bond is created so that's the way he said if we abide or or if we continue so when we do the word then in our views that it is this doing that is able to deliver our soul or able to make us free then we shall know the truth yes and the truth shall make us free yes toy okay so yes when you i just remember like i had an impression now okay. when you were talking about um how the doctrine of once saved forever saved is not is not solid or appropriate all right mm. So the impression I had is the way when Jesus answered them that if they continue in his word. Mm. So you you gave a Bible scripture but I can't remember sha. But basically like for us to be able to okay I think it was James that that continuing in this way of life then will be saved at the end so it's not really about now this is it's not really about all the good you've done then now the debating at the last minute and then mm-hmm. you think mm-hmm. so that is why that is one of the reason why Jesus mm-hmm. 
wants us to continue in his work. Like, like, not to be caught on our way. Mm-hmm. And like, do you know what I'm trying to explain? Is that continuing in his word will help us to, like, it will, it will help us on this journey so that mm-hmm. we won't like lose track of our work and where we are going. And then when time is up, we are now like lost and everything. So like that's one of the reason why it's really important to like continue in the word of God. And yeah, for the Second Corinthians three, verse um verse eighteen, which says, But we all with unveiled face, building as in a mirror. So as you know that when we look at a mirror we see back our reflection Mm. and then reading the old thing it says but we all with unveiled face building as in a mirror the glory of the lord so it's this talks about which are going to see in that second Corinthians 5 how we are how we have Christ in us how we have God in us which is something that coming into Christ tears the veil and then we see the God that is in us so the first part is the veil being taken away so the second part is us building the mirror and like a mirror in this essence is like the word of god Mm. and then from this mirror we are able to see the glory we are able to see what is inside us Mm. which is the glory of god and then it's from seeing what is inside us from the inside out that this transformation is like reflected mm. outwardly so like they always said true transformation starts from inside and reflects outside so the mirror is us basically just looking inward so even the worst person in this world one person that has does do that has done the worst thing in this world the person has christ in them but the person is just not conscious of this. Like there's a veil covering the person's eyes. And when this veil is removed and the person peers into the word of God and sees for himself the life within, this knowledge, this consciousness of who he is. Like, you know, looking at your face in the mirror, you're like, wow, I have black hair. And you begin to like really understand <laughs> I don't know mm. if it makes sense mm. like begin to really understand yeah yes you are truly a person that has black hair then this knowledge from within now like transforms you and then you are proud of like you are and cha, I don't know it doesn't make sense but shall I get my point <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> thank you to um, yes, um, that um, 18, very true. She said, um, 
like it says, but we are with unveiled faces. So, you know, you first talked about them having a veil. But when we come to the Lord, when we accept Christ, when we, you know, give our lives to Christ, that veil is removed. So now it's not saying when that veil is removed, we with unveiled faces, beholding us in a mirror. Like you said, you can link this to the James, you know, uh, chapter one, where he was talking about, um, you know, it's like a man looking in the mirror and then he forgets um, someone who is not a doer of the word. It's like a man who looks in the mirror and then immediately he leaves. He forgets who, how he looks. Because like you said, the word of God is supposed to be like a mirror. Each time you look at it, I mean, physically, when you look at a mirror, why, why, do we, why do we have mirrors? Why do we look at mirrors? Because we're trying to, okay, before you go out, you check your hair, you check your face, if there's anything, check your teeth, maybe this, <laughs> maybe this teeth, you know, let there not be uh, a goosey deer or, you know, <laughs> your teeth, you check everywhere, your hair's looking nice, or your shirt is not rumpled. So all these things that you are looking at yourself, examining yourself, how do I look before you step out? The same way, when you look at the word, when we look at the word, oh, okay, am I being, Bible says, okay, love, am I doing it? Bible says, flee from this. Am I doing it? Bible says, uh, 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 um, do not do this. Do not uh, gossip or do not commit adultery. You know, you start checking yourself. Oh, Bible says, do not be proud. Humble yourself. So as you're looking at it, you are checking yourself. You are checking yourself. And it now says, it says, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed. So as you're doing this, what is what actually doing? What you're actually doing is you are, you are, you are presenting your heart to the truth of God because you know Jesus said only the truth shall make you free. You are presenting your heart before the truth of God, before the light of his word. And light is what makes manifest. Light is what reveals. When there's light, you can see something you won't be able to see in the dark. That's what the word of God is too. The word of God is a lamp onto our feet and a light onto our path. It's supposed to show us how to go, where to go, how to do this thing. Okay. What is the will of God? So you 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 look at it as in a mirror and you check. And it's also the word of God that will be able to show you, start showing you your tendencies. And as he's showing you, oh, look, there's still pride in your heart. Oh, look, there's anger in your heart. Oh, look, there's, there's lust. Oh, look, there's this one, that one. And when you see it, you, of course, you bring it before the Lord and you start dealing with it. As you are doing this, again, you are doing the word. Is that doing now that transforms? And I said, I'm being transformed into the same image. As you are doing it, you are becoming Christ-like. 
you're doing it, you're becoming Christ-like each day, every day. You're being renewed, Christ-like. That's why it says, in the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So this is how we are made free. This is how we remain free. Like the illustration Tony gave earlier, can a son, someone who's a son become a slave? I mean, we see it in the prodigal son. He was a son, but he left, decided to ask for his own inheritance and to leave. And when he left, he squandered everything and became a slave somewhere else. In fact, worse than even the slaves in his own father's house was eating with the pigs. So it was when he got to that lowest point of his life, Bible says, and when he came to his senses, that can also represent when he realized, you know, there's that point in our lives when we came, we realized that, wait, oh, my life, I cannot continue like this, you know, let me, I need to, I need to give my life to Christ, or I need to get serious with God, it's that point, it's that same point that the prodigal son came to. And make no mistake, it's not you, it's not me, it's just God, God decided this is the time. After all, whatever word, maybe it's a word or a sermon, it's something you've probably been hearing before, but there was a veil. But when that veil is lifted, that veil is lifted only in Christ. So, um, this takes us to the same Second Corinthians, but chapter f- Second. Corinthians chapter 5 um, verse 17 verse 17 to the end verse 21 and it says therefore if anyone is in Christ therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Again, um, this scripture starts off 17. Say, therefore, if... Again, whenever you see, there are so many ifs in the Word of God to show you that so many things are kind of a conditional statements. If you if you do this, this is what. And many times, those if are that if is 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 it's like um, it's connected to a a category of people. So if you see, if even when God was talking about, oh, 
Jews or the sons of God. He's speaking to anyone who falls into that category. You know, um, when he says, oh, um, I'm trying to look for a perfect example, scripture. Okay, let me leave that. The scripture read before, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. That means if you do not, you are not his disciple. So it's like um, it's like um, whosoever does this this is what will happen <clears throat> so here he now says if anyone is in Christ so he's not talking to a, you know, a set of people talking to anyone who falls in that category and we've seen what it truly means to be in Christ that's what that's all we've been talking about all this time abiding in his word obeying his word continuing in him so if when if we continue doing this if we're in this or whoever is you know on this path is a new creation all things have passed away. Remember when uh, Romans 6 was talking about when you used to be slaves to sin, but now, thank God, you have been, you have come to Christ and now you are slaves to righteousness. Again, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So, God wanted to, the desire of God was to save man. He decided to send his son and through the life of his son was reconciling the world to himself. That was the, the son's ministry to go and reconcile the world to himself. So God, as he says, God through Jesus Christ was reconciling the world to himself. Now he now says he has given this ministry of reconciliation to us. So basically, you who were who you who you know uh, was a slave, you were a slave before. Now the sun came, set you free, you know, gave you new clothes. Um, you learned his ways, then he now sends you out and say, Go. The same way I was sent to you, and you were delivered. Go as well. Through you, I will deliver men. He has given us this ministry of reconciliation that through our own lives we would also reconcile others to himself, to God. Just as God was doing through Christ. And this takes, you hear, you always hear Jesus say, oh, I did not come to do my will. 
but to do the will of him who sent me. You see, a man was completely submitted, allowed the will of God to take. He had his own will. The same way we all have our own will. That's why Paul says, presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice. Something that is a sacrifice is, is offered. You, 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 you are, you are now at the mercy of whoever you have been offered to. And that was what Jesus was. That's why he's called the Lamb of God. The Lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. So, we are now like ambassadors for Christ. As though God was pleading through us. We, so, he says, we implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. So, each time you go out, give your life. So, this is why, this is now the service part of this package, this freedom package. We are not just called, but we are not just saved to uh, remain. Of course, we operate from the house, but we are not just called to come and relax in the house. We are called, equipped, sent out, so that you can also bring others into the house, if that makes sense. Um, so that's the that's what that's our ministry now that those who have been free. Remember, he started off by saying, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, first the first thing is the person has to be in Christ. You cannot give what you don't have. You cannot see when you yourself, you know, you are not saved. Um, but as you are in Christ, you are a new creation. All things have passed away, behold, all things have become just as Christ. Just as God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ. Now Christ has given us that ministry that through us, others will be reconciled to God. And the last verse, it says, For he made him who knew no sin, that is Christ, to be sin for us. And this was the way it was done. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. So he made him who was no sin to be sin for us. That's a sacrifice. That's sacrifice. Um, and we all know that um, it was not um, it was not always how do I put it? It was not always um, pleasant. A sacrifice a sacrifice is never pleasant to be honest. But there, there is a reward. As he said, as he said about Christ, obeyed even to the point of death to the death of the cross and after that he was given a name above every other name and at the mention of the name Jesus every knee in on in heaven on earth beneath the earth was bow and every time was confessed he was given the highest he was brought down to the lowest and that was how he was elevated to the highest so yes, that is um, what I have to say concerning the scriptures. So yes, the floor is open. No one has anything they want to um, share or say.
Let me shed more light about the meaning of issues stated when we sorry, uh, Tola, this yeah. Explain. No. Yes. Again. Uh, said something in, on the group. Okay. She said that if speak of the freedom in God's love, so um, can she share? Okay. 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 So you want to? Then I guess that part talked about. Um, like what Tony was saying, like the quality of love where love does not speak its own. Mm. So like even though and then how he describes God as love. So even he has decided to stay within the bounds of what he said. It's like he won't mm. force you because true mm. love doesn't actually force you to do something. It might try to persuade you, but it doesn't like put your hand into it. So I guess like that's what she mm. was saying when she said like he speaks of mm. the, the choice that God gives us that so we can we can choose to come that if like he's not forcing us wait to decide like, yeah. it's like the benefits that we get. Mm. Very true. Very true. That's yeah that's very um beautiful because I've not seen if in that light before so so mm. that was why I I did ask so okay. I like your explanation it's okay. yes very true it's a it's a conditional statement whoever yes, that, decides to that's the one that um, I'm familiar with like it's yes. conditional whoever, whoever decides to you know do this will enjoy the benefits of this so and this is why sometimes many times scriptures are when we read scripture we have to read it in the complete you know one scripture i know is that that um scripture all things work together for the good i know many people usually stop there <laughs> all things work together for good no it's not it's not complete. All things work together for good for de- to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So somebody who is not who is not um as uh um uh, said about love, who does not love God, I don't think all things work together for their good. <laughs> because again if you really look at it, it's talking to a category of people. All things work together for for good to them, to them that love God. So anybody that falls into that category, all things work together. That's why, again, last week when we talked about glory and suffering, everyone, you know, everyone suffers. Everyone will go through trials. Jesus said, you, you, in this world, you will, you will go through trials and tribulations, but now give, now give you know, um, a comforting message after that. He says, but be of good cheer, I have overcome. Meaning, because I have overcome, and because you are in me, you too will overcome. That is why 
But somebody who does not have Christ cannot enjoy that. You know? Because that's joy. That ability to see joy even in the midst of uh, a gloomy situation or even in the midst of various trials. That ability to 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 um, to acquire to get peace even in time of chaos and turmoil that ability to love even when it's most difficult that ability to do extraordinary things that a normal human being would not want to do or cannot do they are, these are secrets or mysteries that are hidden in Christ they are only unlocked in Christ you know so it's those ones that are in Christ that will be able to that all things will work together for their good because there is a provision for that there is a grace, there is a provision for that that even if you know, though a thousand might fall by my side ten thousand my hand shall not come near me or even though everything is upside down around you you have peace, that peace in you is Christ the person that does not have Christ cannot tap into that realm. So, very true. And, you know, when you mentioned that, I know this part, it says, not imputing their trespasses to them. That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us. So what I got from this is, He was just saying, saying, come, I will, I will clean you up. This is not the time for judgment. The time for judgment is coming. There is a time for judgment. Jesus said, I did not come, came here to do, I, I, I did not come to, the Son of Man did not come to, to destroy, but to steal. You know? So there is a, there's actually a time for judgment. There's a time. That's why Jesus Christ did not when they were beating him, insulting him, he did not, he said, he did not, um, but he left all judgment to the Father, knowing that in the fullness of time, he will judge righteously. Yes, Tony. Um, so I have a question. Okay. So, according to what you just said, I don't know because sometimes I find it hard to understand this forgiveness of sin. That, like, when somebody becomes born again and the person's sins are forgiven, like, you hear that, okay, the sins that person committed to that point of being born again, or is it the sins that person commits all their life? Or, I don't even know. Is it like, there's grace for the sin or and now that he's talking about um not imputing their trespasses to them and then from what you just said he's like i don't know am i i may be wrong but like i think what i'm hearing is that okay so just call i will not beat you but when it's time for beating i'll beat you <laughs> like at the end of the 
you will receive uh, the beating. But for now, just come. No beating. I've overlooked it for now. So you get. So is that like the deal? Or is that what I'm because saying? Okay. I, because okay. I really don't understand this forgiveness of sin. What? Which? Which sin? Has it forgiven? Thank you. Okay. Um, very good question. Um, the part I'll do with the part where you said you know this part I just mentioned it, not in fifteen the trespasses. So the Father will judge all things, all things from the beginning of time to the end. There's a time for that. Um, um, for those who make it, um, there will be a time where their works so even though they've made it but of course um, their works will be do I use the word judge or will be tested the one that um, there's a scripture that says um, anything that is not um, I think it's in um, I can't remember where it is anything that is not good will be burnt up you know, um, but the father will judge at the end all things, all things. But the analogy you gave, like, okay, just come, I will beat you later. I don't think it's like that. What I meant is, um, I believe what he's saying is, you know, when, um, okay, I'm looking for the perfect example. So, I'll use the same example you gave. It's like telling a child, okay, come. You are not letting the... Or a child is dirty. He's all looking dirty. And you are are not... At that point in time, all you want to do, the aim is to save that child or is to clean up that child. So, you will say, because the child is dirty, start pinpointing why are you dirty here why the child is already dirty at that point is to clean up the child when you clean up the child of course as you now begin to work with Charlie you start instructing the child and everything I don't know if this example is the perfect example if I'm making sense Um, but um, clean up the child so he's not he's not before he saves you, he's not looking at, oh, you know, uh, I won't save you because of this, because of this thing. It's not like man. You know, before I'm, I, I want to help somebody. The truth is, if I want to help somebody, I'll help somebody. You know, but I won't say, look at you, are, you are wearing, you are wearing, I don't like your blue shirt. Go and change that blue shirt before I help you. No. That means I truly don't want to help that person. If I want to help, I will help that person. When I help the person, then I can now start telling the person, okay, this this blue shirt in 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 this time, don't wear it. You can wear this one. I'm just using that as an example. So it's that's why salvation is free. But after salvation, when you come in, he now says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. When you now come to, there's a point in time when a child 
is is now is uh, how do I put it? Is of age. Um, there's a point in time when the child is conscious. The child is conscious, and they they become accountable for their action. Before then, they will need help. I don't know if I does that does that make sense? Does that make any sense? Okay. Uh, okay, me. Your hand was off, so you go. So, like, um, the idea I had in my head mm. that I think may also help is like the adoption process. So when mm. a family is adopting a new child, especially children that mm. are have um, pre teenagers or have grown up for a bit, they obviously know that the child will probably come with some issues, mm. like these behavioral issues are mm. not the same as their own family's beliefs. But then regardless of that, they know that the child will probably come with some stubbornness, let's put like that in quote. But then they still love the child regardless and they are willing to adopt the child. And then the child doesn't actually have to do anything. The child just needs to accept, okay, that these people love me. And mm. then I'm going to be part of their family. But then because they adopted that child and the child is not in the family, it doesn't, like, there's still the place of them correcting the child so that yeah, the child can actually grow up as a responsible, yes, grow up as a responsible child. So they love the child. They are not disputing that fact. They knew that the child had issues the child came to them. They are not yeah. disputing their facts. And they're also not disputing the fact that they actually need to correct the child as like because the child is not part of their family. The child becomes their responsibility. The child becomes the reflection of their own family. So it is important actually. It's not because the child is now bearing their name. It is important yeah. that they correct the child. And then the the reason why it is different from when a random person is doing this because they are doing it in love and they are doing it with the purpose in mind. Mm. So it's different from when just one person is angry at the child. Maybe in the child's former foster homes when they are angry at the child and they are just beating the child because they are angry. Mm. This one is different. They are correcting the child out of love mm. because they know that, okay, this is what our family represents. Same way like God's kingdom. This is what God's kingdom represents. Mm. So it's conforming us to Christ. So he knows that obviously been through some things before we finally surrender to him. So he's not disputing that. He's not disputing that he loves us. So even in the correction, he loves us. But he's like he knows that we now belong to his family and there is a standard that we should be okay. I don't know English. Yes. The yes, the intention is to make that child better. Okay, before I yeah, to him. Okay. So as you were explaining, yeah. I had an impression, like an answer to my questions. I just okay. wanted to share. So um what the Holy Spirit brought to my mind was that before like as we all know every being on earth is in christ but then the difference between okay let me use this word every being on earth is in god but um when we become born again 
is like through Christ we become reconciled back to God like we're all in God but we are not aware it's like being in an environment but not being aware of your surroundings but now maybe there's like a spark and then that spark caused you to look up and you found out that oh I'm in a place that the sky is green the land is red so that kind of Christ is like he awoke he I don't want to yeah like he woke us up from our slumber so the thing about this scene is that because we were unconscious we were unaware of like we didn't have the knowledge of the things we were doing we were committing sins but we didn't have like knowledge that oh this thing is bad or this thing is terrible like we might know that okay this thing is terrible because we are we are like connected to god we that's why like you find people that they are not in christ but they are good people because there is an essence of god in us that helps us to know that okay this thing i'm doing is bad this thing i'm doing is good but where christ comes in where being in christ comes in is that the veil is torn and now you are aware now you can see this is bad this is why it is bad because everything that god tells us to stay away from god tells us to do is not just god trying to boss over us but everything every single thing has an effect as a reason a very reasonable reason behind it so like so god knows that you are not aware of this thing you are not aware of this that what the sins you are committing is bad so when christ when god like when the spirit of god drew you to christ and then you repent and you become born again all those sins they are washed away because your body remains you don't know so it is washed away but now that you are in christ the thing is that now that you're in christ you have a new mindset you see things clearly you know that okay this is bad because of this like there is a reinforce there is a there's also that there's a spirit behind everything that you do and now you can see the spirit you are aware of the reason why this is bad so because you are aware and you have a teacher teaching you helping you to be better and you are now being better but because we are still in the flesh like we are still on this earth we are still in the world of like you know the devil is like the god of this world it's just like how let's say you are in um, america now and then there is a war in america but then you are in nigerian if there is a war in america you will be affected somehow but then the good part is that you being a nigerian you can run under the cover of Nigeria embassy mm. and you'll be protected <laughs> so it's like that so there will be times when we fall there will be times when we get weak and we succumb to our flesh like our flesh 
desires. But now the difference is that we are not only aware that this is sin, but we are also aware that we have somebody, we have a high priest, we have a mediator that we can come to and ask him to forgive us. Like, I don't use the word forgive us, like, it can help us with our repentance. You know how Jesus Christ is the one that stands between us and God, like he's the mediator for us. So now we are aware that there's somebody for us. So there's somebody we can run to. And so like there are two things that I want us to take note. One, because we are now in Christ and then we are walking out our faith. We are being renewed daily. We are being transformed daily. So the the probability of sinning is much less compared to when you were not aware of what you were doing and you were just doing anyhow because you don't know what you're doing but now now you know and you are learning and you are improving that's one the second one is that we have a we have an insurance an insurance in christ that when we fall we can come to him and instead of the father seeing this sin and getting angry at us like i want to use this thing like between us and jesus christ we just kind of like clean it and wipe us clean and maybe like a dirty child you are falling the, the child the maybe the mother wore um white clothes for the child and told him not to fall down again but then the big sister is there to like watch over the child so the child falls inside the mud and then the child felt remorseful and went to cry to the big sister that she's sorry that she wasn't watching where she was going and the big sister quickly removes the dirty white clothes and gives her a clean white clothes so even when the mother looks at the child all she sees is still the clean white clothes so that is the difference so it's basically because the confession i had before before i had this impression was that if i'm committing sin right now i don't even need to go and meet jesus and repent of my sin that the sin will just disappear like that feel like there is a permanent cleaner <laughs> <Sorry. No. laughs> because i'm committing <laughs> sin the sin is just wiping off commit wipe off commit. and then like everything just comes together which is mm. why it's at the end of the time that is that's like it's not about i don't know how to put it that's verse that you mentioned that is at the end of it all that will be like it's we count i'm trying mm. to just say that it's not it's a continuous process Yes. is a continuous process it's not one saved forever saved but mm. we are we are privileged we are aware and we we are aware of our position we are aware of the enemy and we are aware of the tool to fight and win the enemy so that's it thank you thank you to you yes um that's why um repent there repent is not a bad word like you said repent is repent is a provision god has made to 
um, to help us. And repentance is not just for sinners, it's for believers. Um, the best, the prodigal, all these things you see it in the prodigal son. The prodigal son, because he left, didn't mean he was not still the son, but he needed to repent. That is, he needed to change his direction, change his mind, and change direction and head back to the father in order to claim that position again. Um, so repentance is needed. And this is why um, continuing in the word, when I was explaining that coming before the Lord, exposing your heart or yourself, basically being vulnerable before God, you know, when you make a mistake or when you sin, is to ask for forgiveness of sin. Ask the Lord, of course, to help so that I don't one doesn't go back to this thing. As Jesus revealed, he who commits, again, that commit is, he has to do, is a continuous thing. Amplified to say, he who, um, that anyone who is of God does not habitually sin. So it's not a way of life. Though you might make mistakes, sin here, you might make mistakes. But when it becomes, at this point, like you said, when you are aware, there's a point in time that a child is not aware what they are doing. And yes, they make mistakes. But there's a point in time when that child is now probably, you know, at the age of common sense, or they have sense, they know what they are doing, and they continue to do that, and then at that point, they will be held accountable. They will definitely be held accountable. They commit, there's always consequences for our actions, and many times, you know, our actions will create consequences but again the Bible says all things work together when we remain in Christ even that consequence or that thing that God has allowed because of our sin we will turn it around for the person good for the person growth um okay um princess you wanted to share something Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, go on. Okay, good evening. Good evening. Um, okay, so, um, concerning the question, I just want to explain what I understand by the question. So, um, you know that every, every single human being, that is like every human being, is made up of um, spirit, soul, and body. So I believe that when everyone was born again, um, they were born again in their spirit, man. That is the scripture that says, he that is joined to Christ is one spirit with him. Yeah. That is like, it's already a reality already. It's not something that is supposed to do. So that means like the person, like a Christian is already perfect in their spirit. Their spirit is joined to the Lord and the, the spirit of the the Christian is perfect. There's no like imperfection yes, like funny. God. Yes. Yeah, so, and then, but the Christian still has the soul life. You know, the soul life where um, it still needs to be transformed. Mm. So we can say that the spirit, this the spirit of the Christian is born again. That is like, like 
the spirit is already saved but then there still has to be this renewal of you know the soul life which comes through the word of god in scripture that says um do not be transformed what's the scripture again do not be conformed to the word but be transformed by the renewing of the mind so um i believe that there's one thing we have been saved we are being saved and we are going to be saved that's like our body like our spirit has been saved but our soul is being saved and then mm. our body is going to be saved mm. so we have to like like engage in like um our soul needs to be transformed day mm. by day and i've heard that it all starts with our thinking the scripture that says as a man thinketh so he is so mm. That's that's the beginning. It starts from our belief. That scripture says, um, it's, it says, what we behold, we become. So if a, a person keeps beholding sin, the person will become sin. But if the person keeps beholding the word of God and then like staying with Jesus, the person becomes more like Jesus. So it starts with our belief, what we believe about ourselves and start with like who we are in Christ. Okay, God says that I'm a child of God, I'm a this, this, this in Christ. And then our belief, when we now know, okay, for example, let me say I'm a child of God, that is a belief. So it starts with our thinking. We now start to think that way. And then as we think, scripture says, as a man thinks, so is, then we think. When we think, then we now start to speak who we are. Like, it goes from our belief to our thoughts, then to our words, because what we think is what we say. The scripture, and when Jesus said that, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So after we think, we speak. Is what we now speak, we now act. And then our actions become our habits. Our habits become our values, and our values become our destiny. So, this is what I like. I believe that we have, we have been saved, but then we still have to be transformed in the renewing of our mind and who we already are in Christ. Like it's already there already. Jesus says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means we are already holy is our righteousness jesus is our own righteousness but then we have to live right and we can only live right when we realize that we are already righteous in him like christ is our own righteousness but then we have to still live right we have to we don't live right to be to be holy we live right because we are already holy it's who we have it's who we are already so like it comes from that transformation of our mind day by day staying in the word until we become it we believe it we think it we speak it um we act it we it becomes our habit becomes our values then our destiny so this is like what i believe so and i believe that yes yes this is what i believe okay okay thank you thank you princess um to add to what you said, um, now at the end of the day, um, when a person dies, the spirit returns to the father. Like you said, the spirit is first born again. But the true mm-hmm. you, the true you, the true me, yeah, is that soul. 
the true us is that soul. That's why they are all important. As the spirit, as we turn to Christ, the spirit is born again. Then, like you said, um, the soul now takes time to be renewed because the soul encompasses our emotions, our thought process, our mind, our will. This is who we, this is the us. This is us. You know, um, man is a living soul that has a spirit that lives in a body. And when a person dies, like we said, the spirit goes back to the Lord, to the Father. But is that soul? Is the soul that will be judged? Is the soul that would, you know, when they say, the soul that sinneth shall die. He didn't say the spirit that sinneth because, like you said, the spirit is to become born again. The spirit is already. In fact, it's even through the spirit of man that God still uses to reach out to even a man. That is, um, like we said, the spirit is the candlelight. So it's even the spirit that God still uses to speak to somebody who is not even Christ, to draw them to Christ. You know, and um, so, but, um, but the soul needs to be saved because the soul is the true you, the true us. And this is why we need to, like you said, this is why we need to live righteously because as we're living righteously, the soul we are affecting. And it's through our spirit that the spirit of God, the spirit of God dwells in our spirit. And it's through our spirit that he communicates truth. This truth now comes to the mind to help us transform our mind, to renew our mind so that, again, you know, the soul is made up of mind, you know, uh, emotions to transform our minds, to transform our emotions, to help us to yield our will to God. Again, your soul, the soul, the soul has to be saved. You know, um, so that's why, like, like what you said, the spirit saved, so being saved. So the true you is being saved. That's what I'm trying to say. At the end of Ethan, uh, uh, like we um, discussed last week, when we're talking about uh, uh, glory and suffering, there will be also transformation, salvation of our bodies because we'll be giving bodies, those who make uh, it, giving new bodies. The old, so everything will be transformed. But again, the soul has to make it. This is why Paul says, "Work out your salvation with fear and trembling." Uh, and Jesus says, "He who endures to the end shall be saved." All this is referring to the soul, because that's the true us. Don't know. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Go on, Tola. Okay. Um, I'm concerning okay. Antonio's question. Sorry. Sorry. No. Sorry. Don't be angry. Uh, so you said, but the body won't be saved, right? Uh, I'm asking, like, okay. no, at the, the body... end of time, to... uh-huh. Yes, the body, um, the body will be. That's the last one. To be saved. 
I thought that like these are what actually body repairish and then we'll be given a new body. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's what that's what body will not be safe. I mean that's what I mean by like we'll be given like this is just like it first starts with the spirit uh-huh. then the soul then the last one is now the body all right definitely happen. yes go on Tola. okay i think ah yes you're right uh the body won't be saved because we'll be given a new body this body do you get but just talking about what you asked about about saying i i think uh we need to get the fundamental difference between sin, S-I-N, and sins, S-I-N-S. They are two different things. Okay, so I will just uh, read out what I've learned about it, and I believe it, and an experience. And so, yeah, he said that sin, singular, refers to the powerful nature of sin within us it's like a tree that produces its fruit and the fruit of that sin is sins so it follows then that sins plural refer to countless acts of sinning as the fruit of this sinful nature within us so so that we need to be clear on this distinction because the two refer to two striking different problems with two different solutions so we have two different problems when we're talking about sin and sins and their solution for them and biblically it is so we see it that god's remedy for our sins that's plural is forgiveness by the blood of jesus christ so we must be clear that, that no amount of tears time penances or good deeds can remove the record of our sins before god nor can it remove the stains of guilt from our consciousness. Conscience. Only the blood of Jesus can deal with our sins. First John 1.7 says that the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from every sin. Then verse 9 continues, if we continue, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness so to apply god's remedy to our sins we simply need to believe god's word and receive the effectiveness of christ's blood by confessing our sins to god hope we get that about sins it has to do with that the way out is death through the blood of jesus you understand so so the blood of jesus wiped away all our sins you understand and even when as we are as we are still working with him and we fall into sins which is normal it is still that same blood that needs to be applied over again and so that's the that's god remedy for sins is the blood now god remedy for sin sin is deliverance by the cross of jesus after we receive the forgiveness of our sins by christ's blood do we get we may come to further discovery that that is sin dwells within us. Does it after Christ God has washed away our sins? We still find out that ah, there's still this struggle that we have. So it's an indication that what sin dwells within us. And 
so it is important for us to see that we are sinners not because of our behavior but because of our sinful hereditary in romans 5 19 paul said for just as through the disobedience of one man adam the many were constituted sinners i can compare this hereditary of sin to our our allergies like even to compare what we are trying to say about this hereditary of sin is like our allergies our allergies reaction are due not to something we have done do we get both to our bat and hereditary so that's the ex- example of what sin is like the nature of sin is not something that you, that you did do you get is based on the nature in which you come to but so the only solution to our problem of sin is to change our parentage and it's true we got into we got into adam by birth so the only way out of adam is by death that is very important do we get and romans 6 3 to 4 shows how we died to adam we are baptized into christ and into his death in such a union with christ we died to adam with our hereditary of sin now as joined to christ in his resurrection we can walk in newness of life deliverance from sin by the cross of jesus is our simple is our simply by remaining in him so the way out of that is what like you have said and like you said we have to keep on remaining in christ because why see the truth is mr flesh is older than any one of us mm. any one of us anybody so he's wiser he knows things it is only by the spirit of god that is our work it does it's only by us abiding in him that we can really overcome this so since christ is not giving news is now a life-giving spirit in his resurrection we can be in him and he in us so the way out now for because i need sin is we in him and christ jesus in us and from this point i will just use this thing to just um i can't really talk about uh, this free in the course of time so but uh, uh, for me there's this thing about free indeed that we see and what we see in romans 6 18 and the question i was asked was that like in romans 6 18 it said that being then made free from sin you understand it's a being then made free like is there a difference between free indeed and this free and and the truth is that there's a difference between being free and free indeed um yesterday i was just writing down some things as we was i listened to a message so i just got it so and i was writing about the the path to glory understand and it made me understand today that say this free indeed too can be said to to be an alternative like our path to glory and this free indeed that we are talking about is found in two things and that and those two things is that we are found in jesus christ and christ jesus is formed found in us and if we look at it naturally if we are found in something it doesn't make a sense that that thing is found in us like mm. if you are in a building we can say that the building is what around us 
do we get that since just trying to like yes, if you are like, in, yeah, you're in nigeria okay. but nigeria might not be in you in you but for so, us that grew up here yes we're in nigeria even if we go to america anywhere nigeria is still in us <laughs> so i get that yeah, go on i was just trying to okay so uh, in the natural sense it makes no sense how we can be in something you understand and that something is in us naturally mm-hmm. what we are is is we are in is that that thing should be around us so if he's saying that we should be in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus should be in us that means they, they are both talking of two different realities there's a different reality in you being in Christ Jesus and that reality is found in therefore if any man is what is in Christ Jesus he is a new creature he's dealing about an admission just like you said we are admitted we be in Christ. That therefore, if any man is in the picture, he's talking about we being admitted. It's like putting an end between the enmity between us and God. They get just like even to get into school, the enmity between you and that is jump, pass, jump, pass, ETM, then you'll be admitted. Do we get so that is not just what we need, is that Christ is found in us and that is a, a, a whole lot. There's a whole, whole lot of explanation there which I can go into, but I'll just mm. post it. So, whatever we think we can share. So, is that Christ be found in us? And when Christ is found in us, he's talking about the formation of Christ in us. And this formation, I saw it in the the, the first. Uh, a Bible passage that we read does and uh, this what's it called? John uh, 8. Yes, John 8. I'm trying, okay, yes, John 8 from 30 to 38 to 31. Yeah, yeah, I read to 38. So when I opened it, I was told to just uh, read it in, in, in message translation and and I was able to get why he understand. So in message in translation, he said that when he put when he put it in this time, many people decided to believe. Then Jesus turned to the Jews who had claimed to believe in him mm. and said, If you stick with this, leaving out what I tell you to say, mm. you are my disciple for sure, then you will experience for yourself. The truth and the truth will free you. So, and the Lord was telling me that these are the antecedents or clause to free indeed that is tied mm-hmm. to it. Like what we have to stick in, stick with this. That's the first thing. And what this is talking about, we have to understand that leaving out what Christ tells us. That was the part where. He's talking about that, uh, living at what Christ tells us. That's the second thing. And that means that the written word and the spoken word of Jesus Christ, there are two things when we are living with Christ tells mm-hmm. us. Then the third thing is accreditation. Then we get to the point of accreditation. And this is a plea that he said that you are my disciples indeed. Do we get? And the fourth thing said that and personal experience. So I will share this on the group 
and we'll see it in, in a more broader way. Mm. But in a nutshell, I'm just saying that free indeed has to do with two, with two things. We found in Jesus and Jesus Christ being found in us. So just the, the understanding I would just like us to get about that for tonight. Okay. Thank you so much, bro. Thank you so much. And as you were to just help us out as well, as you were talking, the um, just to make it, just to simplify everything you said, the, um, the analogy uh, you give, uh, continue it to enter school. Yeah, of course, in Nigeria, to enter school, jam, right? Yeah. yeah. But when you pass jam and you enter, yes, you're in the school. But entering the school is not what keeps you in the school. What keeps you in the school is to continue to what? Read and what? Pass your exams, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Continue to read and pass your exams. And if you continue to do that to the end, you will graduate. Isn't it? But you see that even, even though the person has entered the school, yeah, if the person does not continue and has so many carryovers at a point, it can be so if 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 the person allows that carryover to get to a point where the school nurses are sorry, your your grades are too low, you know, and we need to drop you. That is a possibility. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a that's a possibility. Even though the person is in the school, but based on the person's doings, the person's actions in the school, following the school, the person too can go and join court and you know do something or do something that will cause the school to expel the person. So there's still possibility of that. But what will keep the person or what will make that person graduate is if they continue, right? In their exams, continue in their reading, continue to obey the school, you know, rules and regulations till the end. So I guess this is what you're saying, right? In a nutshell. Like, just in a quick... Okay, ask yourself. I guess that's what he's saying in a quick nutshell. Yeah. It's even kind of answers my question so you mm. get like mm. when you you like Jesus is the jam then pass the jam now we are in, in the kingdom but then if you don't continue you in like continue yes if you don't continue in it on graduation day no certificates no certificates exactly so this that's the part of work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He who endures yep. to the end shall be saved. So he who continues to do their homework assignment, pass their exam, shall graduate. If I should put it in the school context, so that's why uh, I love the when uh, Tola said Emmanuel said you know he turned. In John 8, he turned to the people who claimed, right? Who claimed yeah, yeah. to believe in him and told them, this thing you have started, 
if you continue in it so it's like again using the school analogy okay you the freshers you that have managed to pass jam and you enter if you continue to pass your exams and you know, continue in this performance you will get this knowledge and you will graduate abi tola yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yes so th- th- as you were talking that is just the school uh Yes, that was what I was. Illustration. It was yes. part of the example two that I mm. got. The but I school illustration go, just. Yeah, it, it was just so, just a new. I'm telling you. Okay. Anyone has anything to say? Because of time, we'll just. Um, but if you have anything to say, please. Um. You can talk or. Esther, I've not heard your voice today. <laughs> yes, it's teaching us, challenging, changing us. And okay, so Twain said, "Yep, it's perfect." The teachers in the school can be likened to the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit is actually our teacher. Daily, that daily. Walk with the Holy Spirit, and to tell us, "Oh, do this, don't do this. Okay, go here, don't." So, is that? Yes, very true. Teaching us, changing yeah. and developing our mindset, and then we are transformed into, you know, learned people and perfected on graduation day. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's the part of Christ being formed. Also, when yes. Christ is formed. Um, and and the uh, and the process of forming when Paul was talking about it he said that uh, my little children in whom i travel unto Christ is formed it so there's traveling in being formed too and just like in school is school is rigorous it has a lot of tests a lot of things that will be required you have to go through all these things then and it is when you've been able to get the required marks that we now graduate and that leads us to one final end you understand because if we're talking about free in the, then what is the reason why god say that after we die again all our works we what we pass through hmm. fire it is only those that come out as what as good those are the ones so so and like you said Leo all this thing like freedom like uh won't say forever save it's it's not real because it's like saying once you need, enter school work doesn't need to pass through it's like saying once you've entered the yeah. school it's automatic you should just give you certificate now everything <laughs> so the school example is just very perfect very Okay. Yes. Because of time, we'll just start going into prayers, and um, but um, just one more slot. Does anyone have any other thing they want to uh, to say? Okay. Peace. Esther, 
want to hear stuff for us today. Please do. Yes. She doesn't want to talk. Anyways. Um, okay. Um. All right. Let's just um. Let's just thank God for. Let's just thank God for His Word. Um. A lot has been said today. Oh yes, and uh, favor. Oh yes. You, Favor, do you want to say something? Yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. And peace as well, that's true. Yeah, peace. I, I mentioned peace too. Do people want to say something? Okay, guess not. Okay, um, let's just thank God for his word. Um, you know, a lot has been said today, like you said, and uh, we've learned a lot. So let's thank God for the word we've received today. You know, let's thank God for the Holy Spirit who was just, even as, people, as everyone was talking, putting, giving each person understanding. So let's thank God for understanding the knowledge and the wisdom we've gotten today. So Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for your knowledge. Thank you for your word. Today, we thank you for everything that's been said today. We're definitely not living the same way we came. Questions have been answered. Sean, you shed more light on issues and topics. It's not to each person. Thank you so much for for the privilege to gather and just to share the privilege, the beautiful things. Like the way two or three are gathered in your name, you are there. Also, God, as we spoke today, to be doers of your word. So, as, you, as you told the Jews to continue to abide in your word, this is how we are truly identified as you. To continue to abide in your word, to, to dwell in your word, to do your word, to be acquainted with you. Then we will know the truth and the truth shall be Who will bear fruit unto you, God? Let our hearts go so to be that good soil. We will not be forgetful here as we know. The word that is planted in our hearts will go forward to do it. Grace, 
by your by by your glory as your word come to be able to yes Lord the weakness of your word as we as we have been made sons we will remain sons of God that us will not go to be slaves of sins God for now in the mighty name Continually be renewed. the Lord shines his light in our hearts as we as we possess this light and as the Lord has made us free in Christ as we read that he has given us this ministry of reconciliation just the same way God was the world through Christ to himself God has given us this ministry that we will go for that the Lord will empower us the Lord will empower us equip us yes with everything that we need the word the light the boldness the 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 the, the, the um the strength the grace to go forth and also walk in that ministry of reconciliation bringing others to Christ through our words through our life as the bible says that we should shine our light our light so shine that men may see it and live for it Yes, Lord, we ask that you help us to, 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 to help us to shine your light as you have given us that ministry of reconciliation. Help us to, you will walk through each and every one of us to reconcile others to you in the name of Jesus. Just as you, Lord Jesus, reconcile us to the Father. You, through us, will reconcile us. You will be your vessel. Reconciliation for us in the form of our lives, our lives shall be the right. Yes, in a motion, tired of that man of Shakala, yes, the people. But the Lord rises higher up. Nation shall come to our light. This as we carry the light in to you, O God. Your life to you in us. We possess the anointing, the power, the 
that when men and women see us, yes, oh God, they will be drawn to you. They will see Christ. Each one of God, the area that we are lacking, the area of God. One prayer I want us to pray is, you know, um, I was listening to a message talking about the gift of discernment. This time, the time you are in, you know, many things are happening. God is raising people, but also Satan is also trying to sow every time, you know, this. Not try to uh, sow uh, wheat. The enemy will try and come and sow tears as well. The only thing that can help us to differentiate or distinguish between spirits or discern between spirits is that gift of discernment. This this gift of discernment, it is the gift of discernment that Paul had that was able to distinguish true from truth something that is true from being truth true yes a vessel can be speaking something that is true but it doesn't mean that vessel is of god but truth only comes from one source and that is the holy spirit you know and we need that discernment when paul was able to descend that you know the, the girl who was had the spirit of divination. She, she was saying that, oh, follow these people, these men are men of God. What she was saying was true, but she was walking with the spirit of divination. And Paul, after some time, rebuked her and rebuked that spirit from her. So I want us to pray for the gift of discernment. And the Lord will give even in this time. The Lord will sharpen our receptor. Mind, our spirit will be able to discern between good and evil, between light and darkness, between. Uh, uh, the Bible says the, that the Satan is able to disguise himself as an angel of light. This gift of discernment that will give you the ability to be able to discern between truth and truth, good and bad. Good and evil, light and darkness, true and false. I can see and see and see the truth. We ask for the of discernment. Yes. 
bestow upon us your gift of discernment. Help us to see as you see and choose as you choose. In the name of Jesus. This is one of the problems the Jew had. They did not, they did not have that. They could not discern that this is the Son of God that was speaking to them. They could not discern because they were blinded. Jesus, in Jesus name um, does anyone have any other prayer points Thank you. Thank you so much once again for this meeting. Thank you for the prayers we prayed. Thank you for answered prayers. Thank you for all that you have done in us and even amongst us. Yes, Lord. Thank you for each one, even for those who are not here. We also commit them into these prayers. We thank you for their lives. We ask that you be with each and every one of us, O oh God, that even as we go to bed, that you be with us. Yes. As we go to bed and we sleep, in your grace, in your peace, in your strength, in your safety, shall we sleep. And also in thee shall we awake in the morning in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed or fashioned against us shall prosper in the name of Jesus. That you, you, you dwell with us, that you be with us. We pray the blood of Jesus upon us from the crown of the head to the soles of our feet. Yes, Lord. Even 
for the rest of this week. We ask, O oh Lord, that you please go before us. Make every crooked path straight, every mountain and every valley exalted. Go before us, O oh Lord, and make a way for us where there seems to be no way. Go before us, O oh Lord, and help us, direct us, lead us, give us direction, vision. We just commit the rest of the week into your hands that we declare and decree that this week is blessed, that we will encounter you more and more even this week in the name of Jesus. You know, God, that your will be done in and through our lives and your name be glorified in all that concerns us. All to your glory, O God, in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Yes. So we have come to the end of today's meeting. Um, yeah, thank you so much for um, today. For everyone that shared, thank you so much. Um, so going forward there, <laughs> how does to prepare? I'm, I'm saying it now so that we will not say, do not tell us. So going forward, um, it has always been in my heart that going forward, um, I would be giving, you know, each person an opportunity to, you know, um, to give a word maybe 15, 20 minutes or 30 minutes, you know. Do, we, do you understand? Yeah. Yeah, so this is, you know, because we're all, um, this is like um, um, the Lord is teaching each one and at some point in time, the Lord will start bringing people to you, you know. So, um, yeah, I just felt I should mention that it has been in my heart even right from time that uh, after a while, after giving, um, as, as the Holy Spirit leads, each person maybe, you know, a slot and say, okay, handle today's meeting. You know, prepare for, or handle, handle, you know, this coming week's meeting. Prepare for it. Give us a word as the Lord leads you. So yeah, um, we're okay with that, yeah? Are we good with that? Hmm. <laughs> so why, why human? <laughs> Yes, as the Lord leads, as well as the, you know, as the Lord leads. So, um, do not be scared. Do not be. Don't worry. But yeah, um, thank you again, everyone. And um, I wish everyone a blessed and beautiful night. God bless you. Wish you Bless you. Good night, everyone. Thanks. All right. Good, good night. night, everyone. Yeah. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.
Good night. Yeah, good night, peace. Yeah, good night, peace.